Well, hello, gorgeous, and welcome to Unapologetically Ann. I am Ann Fisher, an Oklahoma girl that has never been afraid to dream big. I'm a mom, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coffee fanatic, and a self-made millionaire. Every week here, you're gonna discover mind-opening topics on business and family, how to smush them together and make them work, beauty tips, and self-development to help you become your best self and to live an unapologetic life. I love your faces. Let's get started. Well, hello, Glam fam. We are back with another fabulous episode of Unapologetically Ann. And today's episode, we're actually, I'm going to shift gears on you for my normal topics because National Preemie Day is right around the corner and I want to share our story with you. So buckle in, here we go. Now, here's where I want to start with this. I've always heard, before we went through our experience, I'd always heard stories about people with babies in the NICU. In fact, my baby sister actually had her first daughter uh, two months early, and that was the closest I came to understanding a little more about the struggles that can go along with having a preemie. But the truth is, she was in California, I was in Oklahoma, and because we were still in our horrible bankruptcy, I really didn't have the money to fly out there and be with her. And even if I had, we wouldn't have been able to go in to see him because it was neck deep in flu season. And literally the only people that could see the baby or be around the mom and daddy was, well, the mom and daddy. So I would have been out there just to watch through a glass. So I wasn't able to go. And so I, I knew some of the struggles. I saw some of the ups and downs that can go with it. But good night, nurse, until you've gone through something like that you really just have no idea what a nightmare it actually is for the family and for that very teeny tiny little baby. So our story, Gracie. Now I was 40 years old when I found out I was expecting her. So my first concern was, okay, this is definitely a higher risk pregnancy. We were neck deep in the middle of our horrible bankruptcy and stress was my number one friend every single day. So that's not good. It's not good on a pregnant mama, especially a 40-year-old pregnant mama. And as a result, I developed um, pregnancy, high blood pressure, which turned into toxemia and preeclampsia. Long story short, one very scary morning, I ended up having a seizure and because of that, they decided they had to take the baby because both of our lives were in jeopardy. And so at six months and one day, just 28 weeks and one day, here came Gracie. Now, it was horrible. It was horrible. There's so many fears. There's so many things that you go through. I personally was in bad shape. I, I ended up being in the hospital for eight days myself. And our little baby Gracie was in the NICU for seven weeks, which was actually pretty good considering how early she was. I had no idea, like literally had no idea how early a baby could be and still be okay. 
And there were tons of babies in there that were one pound, one pound, and, you know, an ounce. Like, it was crazy to me, crazy to me to see their journey along with ours. But, man, it was tough. And when you go through, number one, an early preemie delivery, it's usually because of a high, you know, highly tense situation. We were actually very lucky and blessed. Gracie didn't really have a lot wrong with her. Like she never had to have an operation. She didn't have any brain bleeds. But she was born early enough that she has a couple of long-term effects. uh, One of them being cerebral palsy. And she is on the spectrum. We didn't know those things at the time. But I mean, honestly, while she was in the NICU, she did really well. And I even had one of the hospital workers tell us, you know, she's rocking it for a 28-weeker. Like, they usually look like a little tiny skeleton, and she wasn't. She was, you know, 2 pounds and 14 ounces, just 15 inches long. So measure that out with your hands, guys. That's a tiny baby. Literally, her whole hand, her whole fingers fit on my thumbnail. I have a picture and I will be posting that for National Preemie Day. So make sure you check out my uh, Instagram feed because you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. It was crazy. She was so teeny tiny and she was just so perfect. She had curly hair. Even that early on, she had a head full of curly, sweet hair. But it was tough. And we went through the ins and outs of that. And, and so after eight days, they released me and I had to go home. It was so hard to leave her. And I can remember the doctor saying, you're going to be really sad because you have to leave her here and you have to go home. And thank goodness we were fortunate enough that we were only 20 minutes away from the NICU. So I could literally drive every day, which is what I did. You, When you have a baby in the NICU, you don't get to just go pick them up and hold them. If they're crying and upset, you you can't just go pick them up and hold them and do all the things you want to do as a mama to soothe them because they're hooked up to 50,000 things. 50,000 machines, and literally they regulate the time that you get to spend with them to an hour. So I could be in the NICU with her, but I couldn't hold her or, you know, love on her or whatever, but one hour a day. And they call it kangaroo pouch time, and they literally just slip them down inside your shirt so that they're skin to skin with you. And one of my friends just kept saying, You know, she still should be in her hot tub of yummy in your belly. She should not be out here having to do things yet. And it's true. I never even thought about it. But the nurse explained, you know, they shouldn't have to eat yet. They shouldn't have to breathe yet. They shouldn't have to go to the bathroom yet. And we're making her body do all of these things three months before she's ready for it. So, gosh, putting it that way, it broke my heart. It was so hard, it was so scary, and it literally just broke my heart every single day. Now, I will say, I was actually very blessed because she did very well. Like, we had no major incidents. There was one time she did get a little bit of an infection, but other than that, everything was great. I think one of the hardest parts of it is we still had kids at home. My youngest son, Forrest, was in basketball. He was in school going back and forth to games and basketball season had just revved up and started. So trying to juggle being a mom at home and and just life and all the things that you have to do to, to deal with life and then, you know, making sure your kids are at school on time and they have food to eat and they have clothes to wear. It was, gosh, it was such a struggle daily, major struggle bus. And then going back and forth every day and you're torn. And every time I would leave, 
I would just cry and pray that God would send an angel to watch over her at night because she's there by herself. And oh my gosh, there's so many things that could happen. And oh, it was so hard. And I remember um, they gave me a phone number and I could call the nurse every night before I went to bed to check on her. And that's when they would bathe them and that's when they would weigh them. So I'd find out, you know, if she gained weight, because that's one of your biggest goals is to get them to regulate their temperature and gain weight and eat. And she had a feeding tube for most of the time that she was in the NICU because she wasn't able to eat yet. And so we would check on her every night and I would always thank the nurse for watching out for my baby while we were gone and couldn't. So we went through that for seven weeks. And we went through all the milestones and and you have to hit these milestones before you can bring them home, which is regulating their temperature. And Gracie was honestly really good about that. Like she was a little oven. She still is an oven. She doesn't get cold that often. And so we didn't have a problem with that. But the eating part, we had a problem because she was just tired and she didn't want to mess with it. Just put it in there for me and I'm going to (laughs) sleep. That was her mindset. And so we struggled for a while getting that to happen. And then, um, you know, can she sit in the car seat for long enough to pass the stress test? And so they test them on that. And then you have to go up there and stay the night with them one night to make sure you're not an incompetent idiot and you know how to take care of your kid before you can take them home. I'm sure they called a test something different than that, but that was pretty much what we called it. So she passed, she passed all the tests and after seven weeks, we brought her home and I just thought the NICU was tough, y'all, because now you have a new baby at home, and she's still a preemie. She was still just five pounds. When we brought her home, it still was not even officially time for her to have been born yet, so that was scary, and it is January, the heart of flu season, and so everybody wants to come see you. Everybody wants to check on you and, and see the baby, and you're like, nobody can come over. Like, nobody's allowed because... We're just too worried. Uh, Any kind of a respiratory illness for a new baby, a preemie baby, is serious stuff. And so we asked our friends and family not to come over for a while. We put hand sanitizer by the front door. Literally, it was everywhere in the house. And you just had to hand sanitize all the time. If you came in the door, you had to wash and sanitize. And so um, we did that. We did that for several months. But then, right after we brought her home... Our youngest son, Forrest, who was playing all those basketball games and hanging out with all the kids from school, got the flu. He got the dadgum flu, y'all. And we have a preemie at home. So it was awful. He was sick. I couldn't take care of him because we literally quarantined me and the baby in the bedroom and him in his room. And Mr. Fisher would take care of him. And it it was just a struggle bus big time. And then she decided she hated the world (laughs) as a preemie. So needless to say, the first several months of coming home from the NICU was tough as well. It's just tough. And so why I wanted to talk about it and and share the story, those are things that you never see in here. And God forbid you have a preemie in the NICU that has problems because there's so many things that can go wrong. There was a baby there that had heart issues and had to be metaflighted to children's hospital where a specialist was going to try to deal with them. And the mama had a little baby and she was just in tears one day trying to figure out what she's going to do with herself. And that's the situation you find so many of those families in. Just balancing life and being there for your baby, it's a challenge. It's so hard. So 
Going into holiday season, interestingly enough, our NICU here in Oklahoma, it was in Norman, Oklahoma, and they could handle a baby up to 20 weeks old. Baby born at 20 weeks. Y'all, that's just ridiculous. It's crazy to think that it's just crazy. And they could handle babies up to that early, and they were one of the only NICUs in the state. So if you live two hours away and you don't have the funds to just go hang out in a hotel or you have kids at home, Gosh, it's the struggle's hard, the struggle's real, and it's a struggle very few people know about, really. <clears throat> so going into the holiday seasons, they had enough room for 23 kids, I think. And they had something like 17 while we were there. And they said the average was nine. But during the holidays, it's a stressful time. And so there's a lot of babies that come early because of that. So... When you hear of somebody that has an EQ baby, when you hear of somebody that's in there with them, what can you do to help? Like you feel so hopeless or helpless, like there's just not much you can do. But I'm just going to tell you some of the things that you can do to help someone when they're going through this nightmare. Clean their house or pay someone to clean their house. Sometimes not having to pick up dirty underwear and scrubbing a toilet and even doing laundry is like the biggest blessing ever run errands for them. Groceries have to be bought. Bills have to be paid. Kids have to be taken to school. Like if there's anything you can do to help them, that's something that would be a big relief. Take them dinner, cook a dinner or go pick it up and take it in there for the family while they're running back and forth to the NICU, but also after they get home. Because not only do they go through this usually several week episode where they're, you know, the back between and back and forth when they bring the baby home, it's intensive care to take care of a preemie baby. It's hard enough taking care of a newborn, but you got a preemie newborn on top of it. You got some trubs, man. It's hard. So take dinner for the family and after they get home, take them dinner. Gift cards, uh, you know, like gas gift cards for us, our budget was terrible. I mean, it was non-existent and neither one of us worked in the entire month of December. She was born November 28th. And so for the entire month of December, we didn't even work. And so we had no income and we had people give gift cards. And one guy gave Mr. Fisher um, a gift card to just go eat dinner. So one night on the way to the NICU, we just stopped and had a normal dinner. And it was the nicest, most amazing thing in the world. We appreciated it so much. But also just to grab coffee or just to get groceries or for some of the basics, gift cards help because sometimes we don't know exactly what they need. A gift card, they can go get what they need. And preemie clothes. Now let's think about that for a second. We usually are very prepared when we're having a baby, right? You buy all the things. You have the baby shower, but you're not prepared for a preemie baby and they don't wear normal clothes for a long time. And those clothes, man, it's hard. So preemie clothes, extra blankets, extra socks and and little hand covers and those dinky, teeny, tiny, little bitty heads, the baby caps don't fit them. I was actually super blessed. One of our NICU nurses who I love so much actually made, she would knit hats for all the babies. And so we still have it. It's in her baby book, but it was, it's so tiny y'all. When you look at it, you're like, how in the world does that fit? So you just never know what they need. But those are some things that are immediate. Those are some things that will help. Those are some things that come as such a blessing. And something else during the holidays, if you are always looking for something to do, you know, with with our company, we always focus on gratitude and giving back and helping the community, especially in the month of December. 
So something to consider, again, during the holidays, uh, families, there's a lot more there. Like usually they will double their workload during the holidays because a lot of babies come early. So think about considering donating care bags just for the families while they're there. Toothbrush, toothpaste, uh, just some of the extras that you don't even think about at personal care products and goodie bags just just for, I don't know, just for the things. So there was a group that came into ours, uh, our NICU, gosh, it was about a week before Christmas, and they brought a little stocking for every baby, and it had a blanket, it had goodies for the family, it was the nicest thing. I can't even tell you how much that meant when we walked in the room, and there that was. So consider donating care bags for the families of the babies in the NICU. Um, and we've tried to do that and it's the coolest thing. And we actually took in care bags for the nurses too. So we did it for the families, but we also did it for the nurses because they are the angels that watch over your baby all night long when you can't be there with them. So those are some pretty cool ways that you can give back during the holidays. And just remember, if you are sick, stay away. Ain't nobody need the cooties for these new babies. Understanding that and what they're going through prayers and love, it really, it really just goes a long way and helps a lot. So National Preemie Day is coming up just a few days away. Show some love. Show some love to all your peeps that have gone through it, are going through it. Make sure that, you know, you're trying to help out as much as you can. And sometimes that's just a hug or <laughs> some groceries or some dinner. <laughs> so that wraps up our preemie story or preemie saga or whatever you want to call it, National Preemie Day coming up. You know, we were very blessed. God was with us. He helped us through. It was one of the toughest times of our life. And so again, when you hear of somebody going through that, just know it's tough. It's it's a tough road. So share some love. Make sure to share this with someone who needs to hear this message, somebody that's gone through it or has family going through it. Share it, share it, share it. And then finally, I want to thank you for tuning in again. Make sure to subscribe, uh, leave a review and a rating. That helps so much getting the word out about this podcast. And then take a screenshot and share it to your stories on Instagram and Facebook. And make sure to tag me. I won't know if you don't tag me. Because uh, we are going to give away to two lucky winners a $50 Amazon or Visa gift card. And this will be happening every single week. So just our way of appreciation or showing appreciation, thanking you for tuning in and for sharing the love. You know, I really hope that you get light and love for it, that, that some of these podcasts will help you in some way or another. Sometimes it won't be topics based on business and being a boss babe and all of that. Sometimes it'll be topics just like this, personal experiences, things that we've gone through personally. So thank you so much, Glam Fam, for tuning in. That is all she wrote in the letter, as my mama used to say. And I just want to say, I love your face.